This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we've been on a series this month on freedom. How many people are getting more free? Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. And, you know, I, I really believe the longer we walk in Christ, the more freer we should become. Um, we shouldn't be battling the same things every year, amen. And we, we talked about strongholds the first week and how a stronghold is, is a way of thinking that opposes the word of God. And uh, sometimes we think wrong, amen. If you think wrong, you speak wrong, you're going to act wrong, amen? amen. And so really we need to think right and the Bible will help us do that. And then we talked about addic- addictions on the second week and um, you know, if you don't want to say addictions, you can say bad habits, but uh, some of us are addicted to some things, and we need to, some of us are addicted to our cell phones and addicted to uh, news, news media, I used to be, and um, so you can break those addictions, amen? And then last week, we talked about sexual addictions, if you weren't here, you need to check out that message, because that was a powerful message, Amen. amen. Because I don't, it doesn't matter how godly you are, you still can fall under sexual temptation. Amen. And David was a very godly man, and he fell under sexual temptation with Bathsheba, right? Amen. But he was a man called after God's own heart, loved God with all his heart. So you can love God and still fall under sexual temptation, isn't that right? Amen. Amen. So that doesn't mean that you don't love God, it's just that the devil's out here, and he's out here to steal, kill, and to destroy And he's out here to tempt us in any way he can. Amen. And today I want to talk to you about breaking financial bondages. Amen. And I think that's pretty big. uh, Finances. And of course, nobody, you know, when you come to church, most people don't want to hear a message about finances. But I want to say this, that God wants you blessed financially. God wants you increasing. God wants you blessed. and, And the devil doesn't want you blessed. And, that, and what it is, is that we can have some strongholds. Let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, 4 through 6. This is our uh, foundational scripture we've been going with this month on, on freedom. And here it talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, it says the weapons we fight with, or the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience is complete. So here, Paul is saying to us that, 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 that our weapons are supernatural weapons that we fight the devil with, and the devil, he, he's a liar, and he will try to lie and get us believing lies, but God's word is truth and it will undo the lies that the devil will try to put into our minds at times. You know, the reason why the power of God doesn't work in some churches and in some people's lives is because they're walking in traditions. And tradition is a, is a way of thinking that really is not what the word of God says. And, you know, and so traditional thinking can uh, water down the word of God. But I don't want the word of God to be watered down in my life. I want the word of God to be as powerful as it can be. Amen. And so let's look at something here. Let's look at Luke 16 because we're talking about breaking financial bondages. And this is a very good uh, Luke 16, 9 through 13. 
And it says here, this is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about money here. Um, it says here, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now this, uh, so I'm going to continue to read down, but here it's saying that we need to be using our finances to influence people uh, to get to heaven. Amen? And this is saying that we use unrighteous mammon, mammon could be, be money, our finances to win people into the kingdom of God. And then it says when we fail, which means when we die, uh, people may go ahead that we have influenced and they welcome us into heaven. Amen? And that's good. I, I, I don't want to get to heaven and nobody be there. <laughs> maybe, maybe the apostle Peter, come on in, you know. But I, I want a crowd to, to, to greet me in heaven, amen? I want people that I've influenced over the years to greet me in heaven. I, I don't want it to be silence. In Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, praise God. And I know your family will greet you, you know, the ones that went ahead of you. Praise God. So it says here, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in, in also is unjust in much. So this is a principle here Jesus talked about. If, if you're faithful in the little, you'll be faithful in the much. And if you're unfaithful in the little, you, you'll be unfaithful in the much. So, so, so we understand that it's all a principle of faithfulness. And it says, if you have been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Some translation says money. Others says riches. But what is mammon? Mammon is, is actually, mammon came from, uh, it's, a, it's a transliteration that, they, they, that the, the people put into the Bible. And it's really, it's a Greek word. And it's really, uh, it came from a Syrian god. Uh, of riches. So mammon is like the Syrian god of riches, and the Syrians got it from the Babylonians. And uh, so, you know, some of these false religions, they, they worship, you know, uh, gods of wealth. Amen. And so even, even um, different worship people, even my, uh, my father-in-law, he's Buddhist on my wife's side, and they and they have a uh, they have the goddess of of riches in their house, so they, they believe that will bring them good fortune. And I'm going to say this: only Jesus can bring you good fortune. Amen. Jesus can bless you. And and so we, we so we we understand that that these gods come out of like the ancient Babylonian system, and Babylonian means in confusion. And so really, um, if you're dealing with finances today and, and your finances are out of order, a lot of times it could be a spirit of mammon on your finances. And it could have confusion. You ever felt like you were confused in your finances? You don't know what's going on. You, you get a late bill. <laughs> Amen. You, you, you can't seem to pay on time. Well, there's confusion there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And God doesn't want us to be confused. Haggai says it this way. We get money and we put it in our pockets and it seems like we have holes in our pockets. And so I, we, as Christians, we should not be living that way. Uh, the spirit of, uh, of mammon uh, is really on money. Uh, you know, that number one reason for divorce is because of financial problems. You know that? 
financial problems cause, is the number one reason for divorce in America. You know, man, the spirit of mammon is going to drive the Antichrist in, at, at the end days. You know, a lot of times you think the Antichrist is going to be put in fear in people, that, you know, that we're going to have nuclear war or something like that. But really the fear is going to be uh, that he's going to try to get people to take a mark of the beast. Anybody ever heard that? And, and the mark of the beast, you know what that's all about? It's buying and selling. It's all about buying and selling. So that, that's a mark of mammon. In other words, we, you can make it with God. That's what I'm going to say to you today. You can make it with God. So the enemy's going to try to get people in fear about money. And so there are some money lies that we tend to believe. And even Christians can buy into that. Money will make you secure. You, some people believe if you have enough money... It will bring security to you, but really only God can make you secure. You know, you can have money, but you can have it today and you can lose it tomorrow. That's what happened in the Great Depression. People had money and they were millionaires and overnight they were flat broke and they were jumping out of windows. Because their faith, they, people were committing suicide because they lost their fortunes. But listen, if you got Jesus, you have a fortune. <laughs> Amen. If you, got, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, you are blessed ab ab among more people than, 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 you know, because narrow is the way that leads to life and very few find it. And if you have Jesus, you're the narrow, you, you have found life. Amen? Amen. And so praise God. So money should not be making us jump out of windows when we don't have it. Amen. Amen. And so it says in Proverbs 18, 11, it says the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it as a wall too high to scale. So really, uh, the, the wealthy people, and I'm going to say wealthy people without God, they believe that their wealth can protect them. They believe it's a high wall that's impregnable. And they believe this, but it's, it's just an imagination. Because, you know, you can see the wealthy can lose their wealth easy. A lot of times you lose half their wealth through divorce. <laughs> Have you ever heard about these divorce cases of these rich people and half their wealth goes to the other side? Are you, are, anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so really, how much money do you need to secure from uh, imaginable problems? How much money you may, I, I may, I'm asking you today, you, more than you probably have right now. Amen. So you probably need more money right now to help you. But really, we need to be very careful that we're not believing that a little bit more money will, will make life better because you can have a lot of money but have no peace, uh, and that your life is not going to be any better. You can turn into a vicious cycle. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says it this way, Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. So we don't want to put our trust in riches. We want to put our trust in God. Amen. And sometimes I think when we get in fear about money, uh, we, what we're doing is we're losing our trust that God is God, and God can take care of us. You know, Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, anybody ever heard of Steve Jobs? He's the founder of Apple Corporation. You know, the iPhones and the iPads and the wealthy. He was a wealthy man, but, in the, you know, he died of cancer really young in, in, in his mid-50s. And uh, he was rethinking his life. And, you know, I read out that, that, if he, that he would have did some things a little differently and put his focus on some areas a little differently. He said he would focus more on his family if he had more time, and he didn't do that. And I'm going to say this, that if you have a family, that's a precious commodity. Yeah. 
And you don't want to go after anything that will put your family in the back burner. Amen? So your family, and, and really that's the key. Family is a blessing, the Bible says, from the Lord. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So he's saying here that, that we don't want to have a love of money. We want to have a love of God. Amen. And we want to love God. And God is the one that will prosper us. And God is our confidence and not money. But money is not a bad thing. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's neutral. It's what we do with it that makes it either good or bad. And so if God is before you, it doesn't really matter who's against you. Amen. So you may be dealing with some financial stress today, but I'm going to say this, God is for you. Amen. And a lot of times we think we just need more money, and sometimes we do to pay the bills, but what you really need is more wisdom. Because if you get some wisdom, you'll know how to deal with your money. A lot of times it's not the problem of making more money, it's the problem is how... How we deal, we deal unwisely with our finances. I'm going to say lie number two. Money will make us more significant. I remember when I, uh, years ago, when I was just a young Christian. Sometimes I would, uh, you know, I was single at that time. And sometimes, you know, the enemy would work on me. I'd get depressed. And one of the things that would get me out of depression is I would just go shopping and buy stuff. Is there anybody know who I'm talking about? I just go and buy a new watch, buy some new clothes. Ladies might know, men don't normally probably, you know, men probably like to buy, you know, go into the tool shop and buy new tools, right? And, uh, and so uh, we have a tendency when we're feeling down, we, we, we go and we buy something to make us feel better. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And, I, and what we'll do, and what I used to do is just put it on the charge card. And buy something just to make me feel better. But, you know, uh, I've grown out of that since then. I, I don't focus on trying to make external things to make me happy. And it was only short, it was only a short happiness. Because what you buy wears out and gets old. But God doesn't wear out. And God doesn't get old if you continue to fellowship with him. If you continue to worship him. No, God is awesome. He's magnificent, and he's like a diamond. And, and when you look at a diamond, it, 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 every, you know, it has facets on a diamond, and it, it's, the, the light scintillates off the facets of the diamond. And every, every time you turn it, you have a different look of the diamond. And God, every time you come to God, God's going to show you who he is, what he can do in your life, and that he's for you and not against you. Amen? So really, who makes you significant? God can make you significant. You don't have to have things to make you significant in God. But God's not against you having things. You know, he has created these things. It's not for the devil and all his crowd. He's not against that. But we don't want to put our trust in things. We want to put our trust in God. So in Luke 12, 15, it says this. Then he said, beware, guard against all kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So the enemy's trying to get us to trust in money. Amen? Uh, thinking that money is the all in all to fix our problems. But again, I think wisdom is the all in all that can fix our problems. Amen? 
Lie number three, more money will make you happy. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, when I inherited this church, uh, I inherited the church and we had a, I inherited a big bank account with the church when, when the church was passed to me. And we had plenty of finances in the bank. But, you know, there were times in the church where I just, you know, even though I had money, it didn't just it didn't make me happy or make me feel secure. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And, and you could have money in a bank, but that doesn't mean it's going to make you happy or make you sure. Sometimes more money can make you more miserable. Amen. In other words, there's people that will try to get your money. People, false friends that will try to get, become friends with you to see if they can get money from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's why people that win the lottery, they end up worse off than before because they don't know how to handle it and they end up losing it. And, and, they, and a lot of people get mad because they don't give it away to all their relatives. Amen? So we got to realize that. So true riches um, uh, really uh, is, is what King Solomon said. Now, King Solomon was like the Bill Gates of his day. So Bill, so Bill Gates is, is the guy that, that created the computer. You know, well, he didn't create a computer, but he, all the software that the computers go, and he created a lot of the software. And Bill Gates is a, one of the wealthiest men in, in the world. And so King Solomon, uh, at that time, I would say he was the wealthiest man in the world. Wouldn't you say that? But King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And in that book, that was a book where he was really kind of, you know, uh, lamenting over some of the wrong things he had done in his life. And so he had money, he had all this prestige, he had, you know, all this going for him, but he, he, he had some miserable days. And, and he, in Ecclesiastes in 510, uh, this is Solomon, he write, writes this, he says, those who love money will never have enough. Now, King Solomon was the wealthiest man in the world at that time, so he's saying those who love money will never have enough. I think he knows what he's talking about. And he says, how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Amen. You know, my daughter was asked me a question and she said, Daddy, she said, if you could have anything in the entire world, what would you like to have? You know, and I thought, a bigger church. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but I, I, I just thought about it for a second. What would I want? And I just said, I want Christian to be healed, you know, because, you know, Christian's going through some issues. And, and so I said, I, I would, if I had anything I could believe, and we're believing God for his healing, amen? Um, he has some issues, amen? And I said, if I could just want God to do anything, it would be to heal Christian, not more money, not, not more clothes, not a new car, but, but God to, to come in and heal my son. And, and then I, um, I'm getting all choked up, but, and um, I said, what would you like? And she said, I would like granddaddy to come back. Yeah, and so, so I thought, wow, <laughs> that kind of choked me up there that she said that. And I said, me too, baby, me too. So anyway, let me get back to this message, amen? So true happiness is not wrapped in money, or wrapped in what you own, or wrapped in what you drive. Really, true happiness is in relationships. Amen? And, um, um, and this is really true happiness, too. It's in Romans 4, 7 through 8. It said, Blessed and happy and to be envied are those 
who iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered up and completely buried. Blessed and happy and to be envied are the person whose sin the Lord will not take no account nor reckon against him. So, so what is this saying? This is saying in Romans 7, blessed and happy and envy are those who are iniquities are forgiven. I'm going to say this today. All your sins are forgiven. I'm telling you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that should be enough to make us happy. That we're in right standing with God in Jesus. And really, that should be the key. In other words, what should really create the attitude for us to be benevolent and given is a thankful heart towards God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And Jesus paid the most awesome price so that we could have salvation. You know, I I think about a story here, and it's about Zacchaeus. And uh, Zacchaeus, I, I like Zacchaeus because he was a short guy, and I'm a short guy, amen? And Zacchaeus was a short guy, and it's in Luke chapter 19, and Zacchaeus heard about Jesus and Jesus was coming down and all these people was walking with Jesus and Jesus was ministering and Zacchaeus wanted to look at Jesus. So what he did, he climbed up a tree, a a sycamore tree to look at Jesus and Jesus, while he was walking, saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. And and so Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down today. We're going to dine at your house. And I'm going to say this, God knows your name. God knows your situation. He knows where you're at. But Zacchaeus, really, he didn't have problems with money. He was a tax collector. The Bible actually said he was a wealthy man. So Zacchaeus was a wealthy man, so he didn't have any problems in the area of finances. He was not financially poor. He was spiritually poor. And I'm going to say this, that if you have God, you're spiritually rich. And so, but God, but Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was spiritually poor and needed to minister the gospel to Zacchaeus. And so Jesus went to his house. I'd like what the Bible says in Revelation, that, that Jesus would knock on our door of our, uh, of our heart. And if we open the door, he'll come in and have supper with us. Amen. Think about that. He's constantly knocking at the door of our hearts so that we could have fellowship with the Father. And so the Bible says that as, as Jesus talked about the kingdom of God to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus stood up to Je- with Jesus and said, I'm going to give half my money that I have to the poor. Think about that. Then he said, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to pay them back fourfold. And Jesus' response says, surely salvation has come to this man and to his household. So what, what prompted Zacchaeus, this tax collector, which they were hated that day, because they were all about, and he was a wealthy man, he probably made a lot of his wealth from collecting taxes. And so, but uh, what made him, it was his gratitude towards God. It was his thankful heart towards God. When you have a thankful heart towards God and what he has done for you, it should make it easy for you to give into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so we're talking about, now I'm going to talk to you about God's plan for financial blessing in your life. And it's in the book of of Malachi. 
That's for your Italians out there or Malachi. Uh, that's for you Bible scholars out there. The book of Malachi. We're going to look at chapter 3. And we're going to look at this. And it says here in chapter 3, verses 6 through 12, it says, For I am the Lord. Now, let me just give you a little backdrop on Malachi. Uh, in the very beginning, if you read the book of Malachi, it's, it's really a short book. You can read it probably in about 20 minutes. And uh, it's the prophet Malachi. And he's talking to the people. Uh, he's talking to the priests and to the common people. And he was saying uh, through, through Malachi, he was talking to them and they weren't doing things right with, with the, their offerings and their giving. And, and in the very beginning, uh, Malachi says that God is a father and he should be honored like a father. And so, so I'm giving you a little backdrop. They, they kind of slipped back and they weren't doing the right things with the, with the offerings of giving to the Lord. So here... In Malachi 3, 6 through 12, it says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. So, so God is the same. His principles are the same. Methods may change, but his principles are the same. Amen? God doesn't change. Therefore, he says, You are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. So he's talking to the people, saying that they've kind of drifted away. And if we're not careful, we can drift away from from what the word of God tells us that we should be doing. And then he says, return to me and I will return to you. So he says, says the Lord of hosts, but you said, in what shall we return? Will a man rob God? And so he asks the question, will a man rob God? And then, then he answers that question, yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And then he says, in tithes and offerings. Now I like to say this, that, that, that we rob God's ability to bless us when we're not giving like we need to be giving. God wants to bless us, and that's his financial plan. You know, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over by the measure you give and be measured back to you. Jesus says that. So, so, so really, that's God's... And so we rob God's ability to really come into our finances and, and, and open the doors and the windows of heaven to bless us. So it says, well, man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. So these people were robbing him. And, and how? In, in, in tithes and offerings. Now, let me just clarify what the tithe is. Tithe is, it, it, it's, it's, it's the same across the board for anybody. Um, you can make $100 a week and, and it, it's $10 out of that $100. It's a tenth. Or you can make $1,000 a week. It's $100 out of that $1,000. You can make $10,000 a week. It's a thousand. Thousand out of that ten thousand, and it's the same across the board. So everybody's on equal plane that tithe. Amen. In other words, if you're making a hundred dollars a week and you're tithing ten dollars, you you're going to be as blessed as the person making a thousand given a given a hundred, or the person making ten thousand, and it's it's equal. Amen. So so really, uh, it's equal giving. And so here, he's talking about this, and I really believe that, that, that when we do tithe and give offerings, God will bless you. He will open up uh, blessings that you, that you cannot even contain. So, so, and then the offering is something different than the tithe. That's something uh, free will that you do above your tithe. And that's where God can multiply uh, your seed. Some people call it seed sowing. And so when you sow... Uh, believe in God, God can increase your seed, amen? And I know people that have done that, you know, I've, 
I've, I've sowed and believed God for different things, and God, and it came to pass. Because God will honor your faith. Amen. So I've sowed over and above. I, I, I actually sowed, now I don't know how scriptural it is, but I, I gave a $1,000 offering for a good wife. <laughs> I just gave over and above my tithe. I said, Lord, I'm giving you $1,000. I'm believing you for a good wife. And, and I, you know what? I got better than a good wife. God came through. I believe you can sow and believe and, and out of faith and, that, and believe that God, you know, now God can get you a wife. You know, I'm not saying he can't without you giving $1,000, but that was in my heart. Amen. That was my heart to do that. And so, and so, and you know what? It worked. It worked for me. I've been, I was believing for many years. It worked. Amen. And so you can sow above your tithe. And I believe that God, you know, will honor that and bless you. And, I, you know, I could go, I could tell you how much I've been blessed, you know, my, my, my house that I'm in. God supernaturally got my house. I bought it for, you know, uh, a certain amount and it's doubled in value now. Think about that. I bought it, you know, 10 years ago and it's, it's, it's value doubled. So I, so I got it right. So I have, what, have you ever heard of equity? I'm equity rich. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I have money in my house. If I ever want to sell my house, I could, I could you know, get a bigger house because I have, I have equity in the home. So that's good. That's, equity is good. And so, but God opened the door and the grace doors for me to get the house. It was, it was a miracle that I got the house. It was a foreclosed house, and you know, uh, uh, and it was a Christian that I got connected with, and this guy could preach better than most pastors, and he, and he he he's the one that said you need to look at this house and and you can put a bid in it and 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 it, I could just tell you I got the house, and um, and so God is awesome. We're still living in it today, and it's a blessed house. And God wants to bless you. God wants to open doors. He wants to get you into a place where you're getting good deals. I was buying my car, and, and it's my Nissan Pathfinder. I bought it back in 2010. And I was at the negotiating table and uh, buying a, my first brand new car. And, and so I thought I worked a pretty good deal. I think the sticker price was maybe $38,000. And I, and I talked him down 2000 to thirty six. I thought it was getting a good deal. And then, and then the guy across the table said, you know, you need to send your insurance. You need to call your insurance company to, to have the insurance card for them to look at. I don't know if any of you ever bought, bought a car. So I did. When I called them, the insurance people said, hey, listen, we have a car buying program. Don't buy that car until you go through our program. So I said, hold on. I can't buy the car yet. Went through their program, bought the car that was negotiating, and saved another $4,000. So it went from 36, I thought I was getting a good deal, down to 32. Hallelujah! Glory. What am I saying? What I'm saying is, it's just thin threads. God can do things, and he, because God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. I mean, I, 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 I bought a house in Oklahoma, and, and God opened the doors for that, and I shouldn't have been able to get that, and was able to, I was able to rent that house for seven years without the renters leaving me. God blessed me, and I ended up selling that house. God will bless you. I'm not that smart. 
<laughs> I'm going to say, I'm not that smart. But God is smart. And you know what? Some people say lucky breaks. No, it, it's called blessings. And so God wants to bless. Even getting into this, this place right here, our, our church ties. And, and this, you know, getting into this beautiful place, you know, and, uh, and, and God was able to work it out to where we're saving money and able to put more money in so we can buy our own place. But this is nice. I like the, How many people like the theater? I like the theater. But this is nice, too. Glory to God. I know the theater was really nice. But this is nice too. Amen. It's a lot less set up. Glory to God. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that God wants to get involved in your finances. I'm saying that God wants to bless you. And you need to partner with God. And when you partner with God, God's a great partner. And he will, he will, he will, he will bless you. He says, bring, it says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessings that you will not have room enough to receive. Then he says, I rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that you will not, he will not destroy the fruit of the ground, nor shall the vine uh, fail to bear fruit in, in the field. Talking about a harvest. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful uh, land, says the Lord of hosts. So I want other nations to call me blessed. So let me give you three keys, and let me wrap this up. Three keys to breaking financial bondage. Number one, you need to return the first. That's the first key. Return the first. In other words, put God first place in, in your money. Uh, anybody ever heard of D Dave Ramsey? Anybody ever heard of Dave Ramsey? He wrote a book on uh, money makeover, and he, and he was... He, he used to be in real estate. He lost his shirt in real estate. He, he, he ended up I, I almost going bankrupt, or he may have went bankrupt, but he, he lost all, the, and he was running on credit and all this, and, and, and he was a Christian. And, and the Lord revealed to him how to get out of debt and how to prosper. And, and you know, Dave talks about, and we're going to talk about the second key is stewardship, but, but he, he talks about that you need to make a budget and Dave's budget is really kind of weird. He, he puts on the top of his budget tithes and offerings before you do anything else. This, Dave Ramsey is a wealthy man today. But he says, when you make a budget, put God first. Why? Because God will put you first in, in, in your finances. So in Deuteronomy 14.22, it says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain in the fields produced year by year. So why do we tithe? We tithe to learn to reverence God and honor God. So really, it's an honor principle. In Proverbs 3, it says, Honor the Lord, uh, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So there's always a connection to our giving to the blessing. I'm going to say it again. There's a connection to giving and to the blessing. The, 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 the little boy that had... Uh, fish and some loaves. It, it was just a small amount, but that was there was a a, a miracle of multiplication. Just that little bit amount, just a little bit amount of fish, a little bit amount of loaves was able to feed five thousand people. Think about that. And some of us think, well, our little money, you know, I don't make a, that much. Just giving a little bit into the offerings. Not, no, no, no. That little God can take the little you give. It can be broken up. Bless people with it and come back to you in a blessing. It was 12 baskets that came back, you know, from, from that 
small little fish in the offering that the little boy gave. Twelve basket for. Why? Because God is a God of multiplication. He's not, he's not El Chipo. He's El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So really, our blessing is connected to us giving. It, it's disconnected by us holding on. The Bible actually says there's people that will hold on and end up poor, and there's people that will give and end up receiving more. It talks about that in Proverbs. And so when you let go what you have, there's something happens in the heavenlies. God releases what he has to bless us. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says, On the first day of the week, this is New Covenant, New Testament, uh, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. He says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So, so Paul was giving some teaching on giving. He's saying the first day of the week, you know, collect and, and, and be ready to give on the first day of the week. Amen? Some people um, take this scripture and they give every Sunday. And they give every time an offering comes by. And I think that's, that's awesome um, uh, to, to get in a habit of giving. Amen? You can be a tither, but your, your finances still can be messed up if you're not a good steward. Can, can I say that again? You can be a tither and you can give offerings. But if you're not a good steward of the money that's coming in, you still can be messed up financially. So just giving tithes and offerings is not going to fix everything. So there's a second key to that. It's called stewardship. Make a budget and stick with it. This helps you not to live above your means and go in debt. So really, you're going to have to make a budget. We actually have some budget sheets that, that we printed up. It's on the table. So when you leave here, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a budget, get those budget sheets and take it. And, and get together, have some coffee with your spouse. If you're single, have some coffee with Jesus. And, um, and, and, and fill out that budget sheet. Amen? And so really, you have to be a good steward. Proverbs says this, The plans of the diligent lead surety to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So what he's saying here is that we need to be diligent in our planning. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, and attend to your herds. So they're talking about, be, in other words, know where your finances are going. Uh, I like to say this, that if you watch your pennies, your dollars will take care of themselves. Has anybody ever heard that slogan? If you watch your pennies, the dollars will take In other words, just listen, I, I buy the cheapest gas. I don't go, I, I, I find out where's the best gas place. I don't, I, don't pay, I don't pay premium for my... I, I go to Sam's. And I make it a point to pay the best price for my gas. Why? Because I'm trying to be a good steward. Amen? Amen? So, so, so you, you, you need to... Just the little things. When you're being a good steward in the little areas, it will grow into the big areas. I, you know, we, we, when we shop, we try to, you know... We try to look for coupons and things like that. Why? Because we're trying to be a good steward. Amen. Amen. We don't, you know, and so we're, we're trying to steward our money in the best possible way. Uh, so uh, the, the number, number, four, uh, number three key uh, for financial blessing in your life is to get out of debt. Is to do whatever you can to get out of debt. Now, 
you don't want to be in debt. You know, the Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. The Bible actually says this, and that, that, that in Romans 13, 8, to owe no man anything but to love him. Now, some of you, I'm, I'm saying, if you have credit card debt, get out of debt. Do everything you can to get out of debt, because the credit card companies, they just, you know, if you're just paying the minimum payment on your credit card, you probably will never pay your credit card off. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Because the credit card companies, especially if you're paying interest on your credit cards, you're going to be paying the interest only and not the principal or what you owe. And people right now, they're in debt to credit cards. I used to be in debt to credit cards. Thank God I'm not in debt to credit cards anymore. Thank God. And I used to be paying those 18% interest rates. And it's almost impossible to get out of credit card debt. So I'm going to say this, that you can, you can get out of credit card debt. Just, you need to start believing God. You know, I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says the snowball effect. In other words, just take one, you, you may have five credit cards that you owe money on. Take the one with the lowest amount and apply your faith on the lowest credit card and start believing God that that one credit card, don't try to get all of them paid off at once. Oh, God, I'm believing you for a million-dollar miracle. No, you start with just the small amount because your faith grows. And, if, you know, and so as you start believing God, you believe God for the one small credit card. And once that paid off, you go to the next one. And once that paid off, you go to the next one. And once that paid off, and pretty soon you're going to be believing God to pay your house off. And, that, and Yin and I are that close. We're this close. We're believing God to have our debts paid off. Because why? This, my motivation is this. My motivation is, and this should be a motivation you should have. I'm paying off not so I can live more luxurious. I'm paying off so I can give more into the kingdom. I want, I want to be able to, if, I, if, if the church needs my, my paycheck for a month, and I need to sew it back into the church, I want to be in a position to give my paycheck back to the church. Hello. Why? Because, I, you know, I don't, want to ha- I don't want money having me. Amen. I don't want to be controlled by offerings. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want every Sunday, you know, oh, man, I, I, hope, I hope people give today. No. Listen, this church is financially sound. We have, we have, two, we have a, a, a accounting service, an outside accounting service that takes care of all our books. And we got an inside accounting service that takes care of all the books. So we're double accounted. We have money in the bank, thank God. We have no debts. I'm not sweating every week. Thank God. We have faithful people that give. We have, I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing how faithful givers we, and, and tithers we have in this church. Awesome. You guys are awesome. And so it, it amazes me. I don't know why it amazes me. But I look around and I don't see the numbers, but I'm telling you, I, I've seen other people's churches. And, and, and our number is like, you know, in numbers, we're, we're low in numbers, but we're higher in volume and income coming in. How is that? How are we doing that? Well, God's doing it. God's moving and we have faithful people that give. And I, wanted, I just want to just encourage you that if you haven't taken that step, because I know the enemy will, will try to put fear on us to keep us back from giving. But you need to take that step and watch God move in your life. 
Watch God open doors of grace. Watch God do some things in your business. I'm telling you, people prosper in Exceed Life Church. People that, that are givers, they get better jobs. They get promotions. They get increase. We've been seeing that in our church. People come here, they, they, they're bet, they, if, they, if they start giving and sowing into the church, their lives get better financially. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. For some of you givers and tithers out there, glory to God. And so I, I, you know, I'm preaching this sermon not to condemn anybody, but to, to, to wake you up to the fact that God wants to be your partner. And that when you start partnering with God, I'm telling you, he's the greatest partner. He will open doors. He will open the windows of heaven. He will pour out blessings that you cannot even contain. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, opportunities will come your way that you never thought would happen. Glory to God. And, we, and it's amazing how, how God does it. I, it amazes me how God is doing it. God is so good. He will add wealth to you, the Bible says, and he will add no sorrow with it. People, some people get money, but they have a lot of sorrow with their money. But, but the Bible says God will add wealth to you and he will add no sorrow with it. The blessings of the Lord, the Bible says, maketh rich. It makes it, make it rich. God wants you blessed. He wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. He wants you blessed. So you just got to get into his financial program. And as you get into it and you become, uh, give him first and become a good steward and, and start believing God to get out of debt, you're going to see the grace of God in your lives. Then you're going to be a person like the Bible says that, that, uh, that you should be able to give an inheritance to your children's children. The Bible says that a good man gives an inheritance to his children's children. Amen. Amen. And I want to be in that place. Amen. I don't want to have money control me. Amen. I don't want to have, I don't want to be tied to money. I want to be tied to God. Yes. And if, if I'm tied to God, then if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says all these things will be added to me. So seeking God first, seeking his kingdom, seeking his righteousness, you will see the blessings of God in you. Do you believe me today? I'm telling you, glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm so glad my, my, my father that went home to be with the Lord, he was a tither. And I, I, and I watched his life and, I, and, I, and, and, and uh, man, he's been blessed. And, and since he went on the Lord, my mom is blessed and my mom is blessed financially and she's not struggling today. Glory to God. And she's a blessed woman. Hallelujah. Finances are coming in and her life is good and she doesn't have to sell her house because the house is paid for. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. You know, it's a lot of people that lose their spouses. They have to downsize and sell things and, and go down. But not my mom. She's going up. She's still giving. My mom's a giver. She's, she's still giving out money and birthdays and all that. It had, it, I think it has increased. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. You can't outgive God. When you give to God, God will bless you. You believe that today? 
Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, we honor you this morning and we thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. I thank you, Father God, that, that really true riches is knowing you and having a relationship with you through your son, Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, you need to make a confession of your faith and you need to, you need to do it today, amen? You don't need to be spiritually broke or spiritually poor. So say this after me if you're ready to receive Christ. Say, dear God, I believe. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Lord God, I repent of sin and I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.